0: Amen. listen such a powerful song. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. That has lost his grip on me. I've broken every day. Yes, salvation in your name. Jesus Christ My name Now, now, have
1: it This is not just a song But it's also a powerful
0: confession Hallelujah Praise the one who set me free Hallelujah Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ. My living. One more time, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah who set me free, hallelujah, dead has lost his creep on me, you have broken every
1: today that hope speaks in our life. Speaks in every details of our life. Speaks in every affairs of our life. Death has lost its grip on us. Death has no more say. Death has no more stand. Because its chains has been broken. We now have salvation through the name of Jesus. And Jesus Christ has become our living hope hope but a living hope a living hope by the resurrection of Christ Father we thank you thank you on this day designated to remember your resurrection we are the products, the proceeds the dividend of your resurrection we have been born again into a lively hope the hope of a God life the hope of living the God life, thank you thank you for what you did during the first service and thank you for what you're going to do during the second service in Jesus mighty name I pray and everybody shout out glorious
0: amen hallelujah Jesus Christ my living hope are you
1: excited this morning in the first service I talked about how spiritual slumber is a threat. See, one of the benefits of the resurrection of Christ is to be born again to live the God life. I want you to leave your seat. Go to like three people. Say, do you know you're born again to live like God? I, I need you to prophesy that to somebody. Prophesy. <laughs> Zerina obrende co shabarega mangela sibale hombre cosia Say, I'm born again to live the God life. One more time, say, I'm born again to live the God life. Kindly have your seat. Hallelujah. See, we're born again to live the God life. Say, I, like I refuse to die like men. I refuse to fall like the princes. I, like the princes. I declare my God status. My God status. I'm, a God. I'm a son of God. The word son of God means born of God. That's what son means. Son means begotten of God. Say, I am a son of God. Every time you say, I am a son of God, you know what you're saying? I am born of God. I refuse to live a natural life. Everything, listen to me, and I want you to pay attention carefully, everybody. Everything in the system of this world wants you to live a natural life. Think like a natural man. Speak like a natural man. Function like a natural man. Take life like a natural man. And that is against what you were saved to become. Natural, it is natural for men to complain, it is unnatural for God to complain. Can, can you imagine God complaining? Can your mind accommodate that one? Can, can, you, can you just imagine Jesus complaining? Oh, this disciple, now they worry me. Can you imagine that? Just look at the way he lived on earth all through how many years he spent before he went to the cross. When they were faced with scarcity, he was in charge. And the reason he lived that way is to give us an industrial attachment of the kind of life you are now going to receive in him and how we should conduct ourselves according to that life. That life is the spirit-empowered life. It is not normal for a Christian to complain like an unbeliever. Complaining means that you are hopeless you are helpless we are not hopeless we've been born again to a living hope which is Christ say amen Amen. are you hearing me we are not helpless because the Holy Ghost the helper has been given to us are you hearing what I'm saying so anything that wants you to rebel against your life that you now have is an attack of spiritual slumber you are an asset look at me say I'm an asset Listen, listen. Can, can I tell you this? First of all, knows what defines you. Are you ready for this? What defines you is not in the natural realm. By that I mean, are you paying attention? Because that's what men celebrate. What defi- if you know what defines you, you will know how to function well. You will know how to deal with the issues and the affairs of this life from a proper perspective. What defines you? It's not natural status. What defines you is your God status. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you may have been born into a family that has a lot of disadvantage. You may have been born into a home that has a history of oppression. But the day you got born again, the Bible says, if any man be in who? He is what? All things and I didn't hear everybody say that. And all things have become new. Why have they become you? Because you've been born into a new life. And that new life means a new way of living. You need to be very aware of that. You've been born again to think like God. To speak like God. To operate like God. When God saw darkness, what did he say? Let there be Are you hearing what I'm saying? What did he do when he saw darkness? Hey, see darkness! Oh, they're threatening my plan. They're threatening my plan. They're They're threatening my plan. They've come against me now. They've come against me. Fire! 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 Does God talk like that? When he saw darkness, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? What did he say? He spoke what he wanted, and what we want has been given to us in Scripture that's what we believe so when there is a casting down what do we say I didn't hear all of you many of you have been too used to speaking negatives you have been too used to speaking how you feel you have been too used to complaining with your mouth that it's becoming difficult for you to speak the way you were born to be the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, what is he? It's a new creature. He that is born of God overcometh the world. And who is he that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is Christ. Say with me, say, I'm a born overcomer. A born overcomer. Jump up on your feet and shout, I'm a born overcomer. I'm born of a I say, Jump up. Say, I am a born overcomer. I'm born to reign. I'm, I'm born, born, born to rule. I'm don't to take charge I refuse to be a failure I refuse to be a failure I can't be one God is not a failure therefore a failure. I am not a failure, a failure. in Jesus name Jesus. anything inside you that is resisting your God life fight it did you hear what I said and, and Satan uses two factors according to scripture ignorance my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge lack of knowledge lack of knowledge and there are two reasons people lack knowledge they don't have access to it and two even though they have access they don't use it that's where unbelief comes in the second lack is not because it's not there it's because they don't have time to read it that's where unbelief comes and if you don't have time to read the word of God any available mentality will become your mentality. Any available language will become your language. You will have a dream. The dream will become your language. It will become your focus. It will become your mindset. You will dream one negative thing. Because you lack truth, that dream takes over everything that you're doing. You are supposed to operate from a place of truth, which is Christ. Because that's your reality. You have a God life. You can speak and what spiritual slumber does is to make sure you don't operate from your God level, your God dimension, your God mood. That's what he wants to do. About three weeks ago, I went to do exercise in the gym. My usual usually go from Monday to um, Monday to Friday. One day I was just doing the normal. We have two sets of instructors that alternate the days. We're jumping and doing, and these are something I've been doing for like three years. They were normal thing I do. But, but this, it happened when I stopped. But this particular day, there was this pain that was so intense, I couldn't explain. It started from my waist down my ribs. It was so bad, I had to stop. Stopped immediately. I tried to bear it, but I couldn't bear it. I stopped. So I started speaking to it. I started speaking to it. One of the things you must learn, whatever attaches itself to your body, that is not health. you immediately rebuke it. You don't sit and say, which kind of pain be this one now? Why can't they they pay me like this? Why they do me like this? Why they do me like this? I want four. You know what you are doing? You are making room for the attack to grow. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You open your mouth and take a stand against it. So I went to see, uh, about two, three days, the pain became very intense. I couldn't sleep in the night. As a matter of fact, At a point, I could not lie down on my back. I could not lie down on my side. That was how bad. So occasionally, and I said, "Jesus, I rebuke you." Jesus, I rebuke you. That the only way I could sleep was sit down. You imagine just sit down. And when I sit down, I can only sit for like one hour. After one hour, become tired. Who who sleeps sitting down? All this what you do in church? I I hear some of you. Do well (laughs) done, guys. You are too much. You can do like this for one hour. Me, I can't. And one hour and then I'll get up, I'll pray. I'll sleep one hour. You can imagine you sleep, wake up one hour, sleep again one hour, sleep. just breaking your sleep. So I, and I, call, I went to, um, uh, I called Dr. Festus on the phone. I said, come, this is what I'm observing. I and, and usually when I report, I don't claim it. Do you understand? I said, this is what my body is feeling. I don't have. What you say you have, that means you have possessed it. It's your own. Is your roommate. You have made room. As you are sleeping, you lie. You make space for him to lie down with you, and you hug each other. God forbid. So he said, okay, come and see me. While I was to see him later that afternoon, he just came to my spirit. I said, I called him back on the phone. Would you want me to do a test? I have a medical background because my mother is a nurse. I said, would you want me to do any test? He said, okay, go and do so-and-so so test. One of them was a chest x-ray. I said, okay. I went to the diagnostic center. I met a guy there and he said I should come. So, so that I came. We went inside on big. Last time I saw that thing was more than 10 years ago. Almost 15 years. When I was walking, that was when I did X3 for medical, whatever, test. You know, so I've never seen it again since then. So I saw the big machine. He said, okay, remove your dress. I said, hey. I said remove it. He said, go and stand there. Take a deep breath. Then if I take a deep breath, I can't hold it for two seconds. There's a that sharp pain. will just pum like that from my corner. So he said, "Try as much as you can." I did. When he scanned my chest, me, I'm not familiar with medical things. I'm not a doctor, so. said, okay, go back again. I said, eh? "I said you're going to bombard me with this way." He said, "Okay, go back. Something's not right." I said, eh. "I say, yes." He said, "Go back." He did it again. uh. Uh-uh. he now said I should come. He said, I should come and look at what is the screen. I went and looked. What I saw was a photo. I just saw a picture. He said, this is your chest. I said, eh. he said this is your lung. I said, eh. this is your heart. I said, eh. if you ask me, there's no way I would have known this is your heart, this is your lung, this is your this thing. I just saw something like that there. One place is black. He said, this one that is black means there's hair yeah. uh, here. This one that is uh, gray, there was, there was a part of my lung they were not seeing anything. He said, this part of your lung, um, something is not right. I said, I said, I said, I don't agree with it. He said, no, no, no. I said, I don't agree with it. I said, but go ahead with what you're saying. And uh, what it means is, um, he used one very long grammar. Something broke, something broke, something, something, something. something you know, very long grammar like that. He said, um, I, I said, but I'm supposed to see doctor. Can I take it? He said, you no, know, you have to come the next day. So I snapped it with my phone. He went there. When he said it, man, she started saying too many things, one thing, blah, then man, blah, blah, pneumonia, blah, blah. blah. I said, eh, hey, I said, eh, hey. that one. I said, I reject it in Jesus' name. No. So when he finished, I went to, I was waiting for some other test. I went to one corner. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't call anybody. I just went to one corner, opened my confession, because there are confessions I make every, every week. There were two of them that were hot one for me, I opened my mouth and I began to declare them. I spoke them for a while. When my mind calmed down and I relaxed, and I went to me. I said, hey, "Is he ready?" He said, "Yes." He was looking at me. He said, "Who are you?" I said, "He," was like he's, Of course, some people know me as pastor. I said, "My name is Pastor Roland." So he yeah, pastor. He said, "Yes." He said, which was it? He said, Ekbalu. I said, yes. I said, ah, I said, he knows the place. He said, sir, what do you see about Nigeria? I said, I see nothing. Give me my result. Let me go. I don't say anything. Don't ask me that kind of question. I see nothing. So he gave me my, this thing. I left. When I went to see the doctor, when I told him, he said, I said, I said, I don't agree. He said, I know. I said, I don't agree. Before even I said, I don't agree. I said, I don't agree. I said, okay, okay, okay. I know what you mean. Um, I'm going to put you on injections. Two in the morning, one in the morning. I took injection for seven days. They had to put a cannula inside my body. One here, one here. Even the veins is still recovering. And they were pumping me with antibiotics. Two in the morning, one in the evening, two in the morning. One in the evening, two in the morning, in the evening, in the morning for seven days by the second or third day I remember, it was as if something left my body and my body calmed down. Listen, your rate of recovery is a function of what you say. Did you hear what I said? It's what? It's not drug. Because sickness is spiritual. So, And your words has the spiritual force. To determine what plays out in your life. When they give you a diagnosis, it's not the time to not start sending WhatsApp to both your friend and your enemy. They say I get uhitis. You know what that one Me Say, go 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 you and know, go go. go. The one stupid person that Satan is on his head. When I write one definition for you, say, ah, that means not that they come so say just, just calm down. You know, go die, go take it time small, but you still die. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But 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 see, when when Bible did not say that you see you can't be sick. say I can't be sick sick. because you in Christ can't sick. You can't be sick. Your body can be attacked. Are you hearing me? And the fact that your body is attacked doesn't mean you don't have faith. It simply means this body is not born again yet. It's going to be glorified at the second coming of Christ. If you do not keep a word watch over your body. All right. When the enemy tries to strike, what make your body resist? And the rate at which your body resists is when you pump faith into it by what you say. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Did you hear what I said? Yes, what? Listen, because I've, I've been through some things. What I survive, I've been told, can take somebody out. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Can take you. But it can't take me out because I didn't give it that credit. The moment I was told, I pulled out my REM and spoke to it. It does not matter what the report says. It does not matter how you feel. What matters is what you are saying. Did You hear know what I said? Life and death is where? Not in the, uh, not, not in the doctor's report, not in what they diagnosed, not in what they said. It is what That's why you need the word of God To dwell richly in you So your words can be rich And your thoughts can be rich Are you hearing what I'm saying the, the purpose of the word of God Is to make your language rich To make your mind rich So when you come to church Don't sleep Don't walk about Sit down Because the poverty in the world Can only be countered By the richness of the Word. Are you hearing me do you understand what I'm saying? Let me put it this way: everything in the word system is death. Go to Galatians 1 4. Everybody go there. Can you put it on the screen? Galatians 1 4. Then I'm going to talk about the consequences and or Galatians 1, verse 4. Because some of us we think uh, this, you know, the word is just the word. No, no. We are in the word, but we are not of the word. But you need to know what the word is like. Galatians 1 4, everybody go. So you know what Jesus redeemed us from? Redeemed us from. Redeemed us from. Galatians 1.4. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Can can we read it together, everybody? One to go. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us?
0: Wait, 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 wait.
1: Don't rush. Calm down. Deliver us from what? Listen, there are two present evil world. This, what, what is the word? Let me explain what the word system is. The word system refers to how the, the word operates. The word word there, I don't know whether it's eons or cosmos, but I suspect it's probably eons. The word system on two levels. The word translated word is on two levels. The first level is the thinking level. Everybody say the thinking level. Yeah. Say it everybody. Come on everybody say that the thinking level level. everything in the word system begins with how they think and the bible describes it as evil what is evil evil is something that causes harm something that can uh, uh, destroy you cause damage so the word system in which the unbeliever operates don't get carried away with the bling bling don't get carried away with the, all the funny thing funny you see in TikTok and all the social media platforms. There is an evil personality and a force behind it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you listening to me? There is an evil personality and evil force behind the system of the world. So if you are not born again and you are not functioning as the God kind that you are, you are being influenced by the present evil system that is running the world. And can I tell you this, brother and sister, don't let this present evil word enter your mouth. Did you hear what I said? If it enters your mouth, what will happen? You will speak evil to your life. life. If it enters your mind, you will think evil to your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? If it enters your finances, you will speak evil to it. The system of this world is designed to corrupt the mentality of men so that what they think and what they say will be controlled by evil. The day you got born again, he delivered us from it according to the will of God, our Father. You were delivered from the present evil world so you and I can live according to the will of God. Say, I'm born to live the will of God. Come on, say, I'm born to live the will of God. What is the will of God? God? It's the word of God. It's the intent of God. God has revealed in Scripture concerning the life you and I now possess in Christ. How he wants us to think. How he wants us to speak. Let the weak say, I am strong. Not let the weak say, I am feeling weak. Of course, the Bible knows you are feeling weak. If you say I am weak, you are speaking the present evil language. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? You are speaking the present evil language of the world. When you speak what you see, especially if what you see does not agree with what God has said, you are speaking evil. Did you hear what I said? So so when one day you you put your hand on your baby or your child and its temperature is hot you better be very careful what you start saying next did you hear what i said you better be what very careful what you start there are illnesses that could have died if you caused it because of the way you spoke but later either killed people or graduated into a more dangerous form because people spoke evil. Anytime a temptation comes, is waiting for what you will say next. Say, I've been delivered from the present evil world. Present evil world. Say, I have, no evil world. I have no part in the present evil world. Say, I have been delivered from the present evil world. world. Alright, let's look at the consequence of spiritual slumber and i stop hallelujah we said a threat is something that has the intention to do harm damage that's what the threat is and we said that the threat of spiritual slumber is to make the believer into a liability everybody say liability you know what a liability is is to live a life That is liable a life that is subject to the influence of the surrounding environment your say doesn't have any say your stand doesn't have uh, in in financial terms those of you are into finances it has a uh, banker or you read finance when you say something is a liability it means it has no financial value am i right is that not true? So when, when something, a business becomes a liability, it means the business is high on expense and low on income. Is that not true? And once you become a liability, you are becoming a, you, a, you, you don't have any financial value. You are not attractive to investment. Nobody wants to invest in a company that has a huge liability. Because if you put your money, if the liability is so big, it will swallow your investment and at the end of the new little or nothing new will happen. In the spirit realm, the day you got born again, you were born and you became an asset. See, I'm a divine asset. An asset is something that has value, an asset is something that can give life, an asset is something that can bring profit, an asset is something that can bring value, can make a difference, a positive difference. That's why it's called an asset. In the realm of business investment, when you say you have an asset, it means you have a financial leverage or advantage in investment. People like asset because it's a capital with which you can turn to multiply and make more assets. Do you understand what I mean by that? That's why it's called an asset. In spiritual terminology, when you are a spiritual liability, it means your spiritual life is no longer delivering. Not because God is not in your life, but because you have gone to sleep on who you are. Am I making any sense? You have gone to sleep on what you say. You've gone to sleep on what you do. W- w- your prayer has now become once in a very long while. You don't even remember to pray anymore. And please, whenever you notice these symptoms, you better stop and address it. It is not normal for you not to pray. Prayer is your spiritual oxygen. Just as your body cannot live without oxygen for one minute. For you not to pray is to deny your sustenance in the spirit. Prayer is not just about what we say to God. Prayer is the exchange, fellowship between God and me and you. We need His presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying, everybody? We need what? His presence. When you pray, your fellowship is active and functional. That's when you pray. There's a way you don't talk. Everybody look at me. There's a way, when, you, when, you, when you're prayerful, you will notice you don't talk anyhow. How many of you have noticed that? How many of you have noticed that? Is it not true? How many of you know when you pray, you don't get angry anyhow? Have you noticed that? Why? Because when you pray, you are engaging your life. And that life is the life of God. Whatever is not part of that life is subdued. How many of you notice when you, when, when, when you pray, you, you, when, even when people offend you, you can easily forgive them? Have you noticed that? When you're prayerful. Yeah. Because when you pray, you're strong in the Lord. And in the power of what? His might. That's what you do. When you pray, you are strong in the Lord. Even if you are a wife and your husband upsets you, if you are a prayerful wife, you can easily forgive your husband. Have you noticed that? How many of you also notice that when you are prayerful, it's difficult to tie something in your mind. How many of you have noticed that? If you're prayerful and you are in the choir or in the group and something is wrong, because of the presence you carry, there is a compassion to resolve the issue in a peaceful way. How many of you know that when you pray? Is that not true? That's what happens. Because when you pray, God takes charge. But if you notice, everybody look at me, you stop reading your Bible. Hello? I know some of you not following the bible reading again some of you just encourage me by saying no sir, but you're not reading it some of you left us in new testament we are now more than half of the old testament you don't read it but guess what you are doing other things you don't read your bible then you don't pray then you're not trying to live from what i call residual knowledge. You are becoming dull spiritually now. Hello? Are are you with me? You are becoming what? Dull spiritually. But watch what happens to you. Your temper is beginning to rise. You easily get angry with people and with things. And sometimes your anger is not just about the issue. It's because you are spiritually gradually losing control. Hello? Hello? when people do anything, the way it hits you is very personal. Can you imagine who is he's talking to me? Who do, who do you think you are? A, who are you? If we put on the same level, can you stand where I'm standing? Pride has entered. Pride has what? Yes, pride has what? Yes, your car now becomes a pride reference. Your house now becomes a pride reference. The money you have in your account now, now becomes a pride reference. You become too big. And pride, and and you know what the Bible says? When you are proud, God resisted the proud. Hello? Listen to me. When you enter the lane of pride, God now becomes the one that fights you, not Satan. Satan will just withdraw. Because the scripture says, God resisted, not Satan, God resisted the pride. Then all of a sudden, when people do you something, you find it easy to tie it inside your mind. You don't forgive easily anymore. And another thing again, once you stop praying, coming to church becomes a struggle. Even when you show up in church, you find it difficult to connect. Then the worst part of it is prayer meeting becomes a no-go area. When they come and do prayer meeting, if you want to pray, it's as if you are chewing concrete. You can't pray. Even when you are staying alone, you want to pray, as you need and say father in jesus name the next thing is you sleep easily now listen to me if you don't stop it hello if you don't stop that track listen spiritual fakeness is dangerous you cannot do spiritual thing with your natural strength are you hearing me You can't succeed God's way with your natural strength. That's why as a kingdom person, your beauty is not in your look. Your beauty is in your character. And your character is generated in the place of obedience to the word and prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's your character. But when you stop praying, you start depending on your physical beauty, your charm, your connection, what you think you have, who you think you know, if if they know who I am. And, and, And once you begin to look to things that God created to follow you, it means spiritually you are losing control. When we do not address the threat of spiritual slumber, there are consequences that follow. What is a consequence? The word consequence means outcome. Is that not so? Is that not so? Yes. When you say something is a consequence, it means what? The finished product. That means if I do not address the threat and there are two threats, lukewarmness and becoming a noise. Hi. Hi. Say what say I refuse to be a noise. Your prayer noise, no communication. A noise means that you are not spiritually interacting again. Prayer is not flowing. Word is not flowing. You are now a noise to yourself, you are a noise to the church, and you are a noise to your generation. When anything happens in your office that needs someone who knows Christ, you can't come aside because you know he gets us to be with you. I, I told you a testimony of something that happened in Wumala, a friend of mine told me. There's a guy who had not been to his village there. He came from that side. For a long time, stayed, stayed away. We've been abroad for several years. So he came. That night he came, he had a spiritual attack on him. He started screaming and shouting that some people were about to kill him. But if you go to that, nobody is there. So one brother who was staying close took his Bible and ran inside the place you know, to pray. Next thing they saw, brother, flying in the air. tumbo, scatter leg. He just carried a Bible. Enter his house. Lock the door. (laughs) Close the place. Why is that? Spiritual slumber. When you become asleep, the things that should bow to you becomes a threat. The things that only your appearance alone will make them run. They will not look at you and say, you do know you'll be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't know, it has become a noise. It's no longer a voice. He's not a noise in the city, not a voice from the temple anymore. That's what spiritual slumber does. You can pray. And and you are in your friends and there is a need. You say, hey, come, let me pray with you. There is this confidence and assurance you have that when you pray, God will move. But when you are spiritually asleep, your confidence in God goes low. But meanwhile, God is there. He doesn't leave you, He's always with you. If we don't deal with the threat, there are outcomes, there are consequences. And one of the consequences of spiritual slumber is slothfulness. Everybody say slothfulness. I didn't hear you. When you do not address the threat of spiritual slumber, the consequence comes up. You become slothful. Everybody say slothful. Let let, let me just share what that is and we'll round up. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Somebody say glory be to God. Somebody say glory be to God. I refuse to be a noise. I refuse to be what? I refuse to be a noise. You will need God in every area of your life. You can't afford to do without Him. Consequence. Slothfulness. Everybody says slothfulness. Are you ready for this? Who is a slothful person? Whenever you hear the word slothful, what does it mean? What does it mean? Lazy. Very good. The word slothful means what? Lazy. Everybody say lazy. Another word for slumming means you become sluggish. You start working like somebody that's dragging his leg. Now, write this down. One of the things God showed me years ago is this A lazy person does not mean he doesn't do something. I hope you know that. Yes, eh? yes, Even a lazy person is busy. Is that not true? Is it not true? Yes, Can I ask you a question? Those who fail exam, are they not busy reading something? Yes, are they not busy? All of us carry a book in our show. We all went to the same lecture. We attended the same lecture. Then when results come, some make A, some make F. Now, what is the difference between those who made A and those who made F? Huh? You now have to go about whether as all of us are reading, we are understanding at the same rate. Are we reading to understand, to make sure we know what we're doing so that when the test comes, we can pass? or we're just You know, some people are just carrying the book and they're looking at the book. I remember when I was in year two, when we read in the evening, usually it's everybody, see different people at different places, uh, reading at one corner or the other. So there was a guy that was in front of mine. It was just, we were, we were preparing for this exam, um, ODE, ordinary differential equation, I'm sure you guys did that. And next thing I just had the pay was swearing, cursing the lecturer, cursing the school, cursing, so which kind of nonsense Be this rubbish, can they give person work, what it be this? We're just going pra- 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 just all those profanity. Of. I turned and looked at him. Hey, did you like this nonsense? What is all this? Which kind of be this one? In my mind, I said, who said you come school? <laughs> Why you come school? Why you come? Everybody say lazy. lazy. To be slothful is to be lazy. But to be lazy does not mean you are not active. You are just active doing the wrong I mean, for instance, if you are supposed to be reading, going to read is an activity. Is that also? Deciding to sleep when you are supposed to read, is it not an activity? Yes. Eh? Yes. Is it not an activity? Yes. You are sleeping, huh? where you are supposed to be you are sleeping. When others are going to class, you are going out for party. Are you not active? Yes. Eh? Yes, you are going out with your friends and. Uh, you know, having a good time, according to you, having a great time. You know, then, in our, uh, I don't know how we're we now. Those, those that were with us then, they'll go out in the night, go to Alvany, Kokugu go and carry girls, go and do this, go and do that. Why some of us will be reading? When they saw them, they'll, they'll do that say, hey, hello, done, now, well done, well done. They are active, we are active. But we're active doing two different things. Are you listening to me? So to be lazy it doesn't mean you're not doing anything. It is, what are you doing that counts at the end of the day? What makes a slothful believer? It's not the absence of activity. It is what kind of activity they are doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you become slothful, it means you become spiritually dull. You are spiritually inactive. You become irrelevant. Am I making any sense? Am I making any sense? All right. let me show you. They, they, they taught us this thing which I'm sure all of you know that there are characteristics of living things is that not so what is the characteristic of a living thing all those traits that shows that something is living or alive can somebody tell me one movement very good if anything moves that means it's what it's living what other one huh? Respir- you people went to school well done alright let's look at the characteristic of a slothful person If any of this is playing out in your life, you better deal with it very fast. What did I say? Because it's it's not something you should play with. Number one, write this down. I will will mention it and I will read the scripture for time's sake. The first characteristic of a slothful believer is excuse-giving. What is it? Proverbs 26, verse 13. Write it down. I will read it. The lazy man says... There is a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the street. He's supposed to do something. Say there's lion. Oh, there's lion there. How did you know? They told me. One of the manifestations of a slothful trait is what excuse giving. Excuse not to pray. Excuse not to read your Bible. Excuse not to fast excuse not to come to church. When those things start becoming too much, listen to me and listen well. It is not about the activity responsible for the excuse. It's because you are becoming what? Slothful. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? I told you a story of what happened to me when I was still a bachelor. I was squatting in a room in Woodry living with a cousin then. You know, and and the Holy Ghost spoke to me one day. Said, "This night, don't sleep. Pray. There are things about the future you need to settle today." So I heard it. But when it was twelve o'clock, ay, 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 ay. Do you know sometimes Your bed has voice. How I many of you know your bed can talk? You know all those things they do in is true? The the bed became so soft. Hi, I sleep this sleep. I've not slept it before. Everything in my body wants to sleep. So I was going and the Holy Ghost said, eh? I said, okay, God, you know what? Let's make a deal. Let me sleep small. eh? I will wake up later. And that many if you know it's not small. you blow the tinty morning. And, and there are certain actions the Holy Ghost will want you to take then. There are, I call them inspired seasonal actions. When you take it outside of that time, you have missed the timing. Are you hearing me? That's why some of us have missed certain habits because the time we were to sow the seed, we were slothful. We didn't sow it. There are the times the Holy Ghost said, Pray now. Pray, set yourself aside and pray. You say, God, okay. You know what, Lord? Let, let me take my time now. I'll pray later. Just let me let me rest. You want to do it at your convenient time. That thing responsible for it is slothfulness. So why i had convinced myself i'll pray later as i wanted to lie down the holy ghost was so merciful everybody's so merciful this is the reason why some christians seems to be ahead of some not because god did not give us equal chance we did not equally respond are you hearing me are you hearing what i'm saying are you hearing me God gives us equal chance because God is no respecter of person. But we all do not equally respond. Some of us are sleeping when we are supposed to be praying. Then at the end of the day, when the manifestation is happening, it will not look as if God likes some people past some other people. No. As I laid on the bed, the Holy Ghost just snapped me a vision. In the vision, I saw a door. Are you paying attention? A door that was open for me, the door began to close. If you see the way I jumped up, immediately sleep left my eye. I, stu- I said, God, please, I am sorry. I repent. I will pray. I prayed from 12 to 6 a.m. I didn't sleep. See, destiny, listen, you can't reach destiny without prayer. Did you hear what I said? I don't think you heard me. You cannot reach destiny we, this Christianity we are practicing, we think it is not by might, it is not by power. When you notice that you are becoming more full of excuse you know you should be around in the second service because you need the word you want to hear but no you have to go not because you will do anything in the household but just because you want to go when they announce prayer meeting it will pass here like this you will not listen and the holy ghost said go go to prayer meeting there are some manifestations that are supposed to come in your life in the next 10 years go so this now because in the spirit realm, it's the bible said god cannot be mocked Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You are not going to reap the proceed of your destiny because God has planted for you. You are going to reap it if you sow the seed that enables you to take what was prepared for you. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Sometimes the Holy Ghost will just—you may not hear a voice. It will say, "Read your Bible now. Read, read, read your Bible now. Read your Bible now." You say, okay, let me check some TikTok video first. When I check it, then you'll not be watching Sabinus, and watching uh, you'll be laughing. Then your destiny will just throw and walk and pass you. Then the next five years, you will begin to labor, and your labor will not make sense. Because the spiritual grace and power that should back you, you didn't sow the seed, and you are wondering why some circles don't want to live your life in the last five years. Why? Because when you were supposed to be praying, you were sleeping. I knew my wife in the spirit it was not because I was praying for a wife. I was praying for something different. Then the Holy Ghost spoke to me one day Say, said, who do you want to marry? I've told you my story several times. All my four children, I saw them in the spirit before they were all born. I used to fast, fast like crazy praying when I was young and one day I was praying, the Holy Ghost said, you are talking to your future right now. It was like 20, 30 years ago. You are talking to your future right now. I will go to the bush and pray. I will fast and pray. My sister, I said, they will tell you. We'll fast, pray, do some crazy. I wasn't even a pastor. I didn't even know I was going to be a pastor. Remember one Saturday when we finished working and clear? Myself and Shea Pare, we'll lock ourselves. We'll pray in talk for four, five hours. It was a wreck. We were not pastors. Even the Amukbe fellowship had not started there. We used to go and pray with um, the guy that was in head of Scripture Union, when we finish walking, we'll trek like two hours to go to his house. Every Saturday, we'll go and pray. That was the first place I learned how to pray long. Because the first time we said we should come, you know, the guy would just lie down on the floor. And we we'll speak in tongue for one hour. To, and I'm like, uh, what should be this one now? Huh? Which kind of prayer will be this one? God, they run. I didn't understand what he was doing until later I understood it. That's one of the places to learn how to pray is to pray where people are praying. That's one of the ways you learn it. And God would tell me this. Then one day we I was just praying, I, I, I wasn't asking. I was not asking. I was sowing seed. Then God said, say your first child will be a boy. I said, okay, thank you Father. I received it. I wasn't praying for a child. I never prayed for a wife. I never prayed for a child. I never asked God for children. Then another one said, your second will be a girl. Uh-uh. Third will be a boy. I said, okay. The fourth will be a girl. I heard it clear. I wasn't looking. I was praying, Sowing seeds. I could have given excuses. Then when the fourth one was to come, which was Abigail, my wife and I said, I beg, she wants to close shop. I said, you can't close shop. I said, God release four. The fourth one must come. Then he asked me, is it God that told you? I said, you're asking me. I said, God said it. Then one early morning as I was praying, Holy Ghost spoke, woke me 5 a.m., said, begin to rejoice. And I began to rejoice. I just started praising God. There are seeds to sow for things to come. Listen, destiny doesn't play out because God has ordained it. Destiny plays out when you sow the seed you are supposed to sow. And may God help you that you are not sleeping when you are supposed to be praying. After I rejoiced one hour, Holy Ghost visited a schoolmate and gave her a dream to confirm what he told me. I didn't even know. The friend dreamt that morning and saw us living in a duplex, which we are staying now. And he said, the first question he asked her when he called her on the phone, do you have a fourth child? She said, fourth. This was a few weeks after we had the discussion. He said, fourth. He said, no. He said, three, get to He said, no. I saw you with a fourth child. And the fourth child is a girl. Excuse giving is a killer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number two, write this down. Number two. Some of you, listen, some of you have entered some blessings now. Maybe you entered the inheritance because of your father or your mother. And now that you are there, you are becoming sluggish. You don't pray again. You feel entitled. You feel privileged. You better be very careful what prayer brought into your life can only be kept by prayer did you hear what I said did you hear what I said in the spirit for exchange to take place prayer must be done prayer is the exchange are you listening to what I'm saying we live in a very spiritually lazy generation we don't want to pray we want all the best but we don't want to we don't want to pray number two the second characteristic of slothfulness is meaningless and unproductive spiritual activity. Meaningless and unproductive spiritual activity. This one's when they come to church, they don't listen. They just leave. Even before service is finished, they walk away. And they think it's normal. And even when they're in church, their mind is all over the place. And even when they are serving in church, you you could tell their heart and mind is knowing what they are doing. Meaningless and unproductive spiritual activity. They are busy and active, but they are busy in the wrong things. Let me give you scriptures. Proverbs 26 verse 14. Proverbs 26 verse 14. It says, as a door turns on the hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. It's moving, but it's not going anywhere. It's life is full of activity, but no result. As a generation, I find surprising that we're becoming comfortable in spiritual slackness. It doesn't bother us because we have too many things to distract us. You forgot the reason God released that car into your life was because there was certain investment of grace you started making. Now that certain comfort has come, you are not resting on the comfort. Hear me? Matthew 25, verse 26 to 27. Remember the story of the man that gave several talents to his servants and he traveled. The last one was a lazy servant, a slothful servant. Why was he lazy? What his master gave him, instead of trading with it, he went and buried it. He went and buried it. These are the kind of people who say, God didn't give me much. Let me manage the most small one that I have. Are you hearing me? He says, but the sloth answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servants. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Verse 27. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers that at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. He felt because he was given one, he didn't have enough to give. Everybody look at me say, everybody has a seed. seed. Say it louder. Say, Say everybody has a seed. Say, stop comparing your seed with another person's seed. There are many of us who feel that what we have is not good because it's not like somebody else's Oh No, God gave us every seed. There's a reason why I gave some ten. There's a reason why I gave some five. There's a reason why I gave some... The fact that you have one does not mean you are less in value. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? God doesn't love you less because you live in a one-bedroom. The day you start having mistakes, when you think that it is the kind of house that you live that determines the kind of love that God has for you, there's something wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing me? Yes, Number three. The third characteristic of a slothful life is that you become slack towards kingdom business. You become what? Slack towards kingdom business. You now major more on personal business and you minor on kingdom business. One of the traits of slothfulness is that you become high on personal business and you become low on kingdom business. When they said there is a need in the house, let us give, you don't do anything. But this same person will go to a sparaco meeting and will give what he has never given in church before. And there's a need. Maybe we want to go to orphanage, you say, please bring something to give. So we never give. But when it comes to what consigns them and what they want, their pockets will open. Let me read the scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The word slothful means to be lagging. Anything that involves God, you are very withdrawn and private. You can't even allow God lead you to buy somebody recharge card. Never. You, I can Never. You can't even hear God to say, give that person. I was praying in the... We were praying one day. There was someone here. It was during one of our prayer meetings. As I was praying, everybody was praying over my place. The Holy Spirit just spoke to me. Say, see that person? Give that person so and so. I was shocked. I said, eh? Say, give that person so and so. So I told the person... I told the usher to get... The detail, and I gave it to the person. The person was shocked. Answer to prayer. I didn't know. Some of you cannot hear God like that. Not like me, hear God. No. The only thing you hear is the gimme. Slotful in business. No sacrifice for kingdom anymore. Your serving God is not regulated by your convenience. Today, people now go to church that is closer to them convenience. The tell says security-wise it's closed. So it's not convenience, security, consideration that that determines where you go. That's the tragedy of our generation. We become so convenience-driven that we not serve God out of our comfort. How many of you remember the COVID period? How many of you remember the COVID period? It became so good to watch service from your house. Now when the thing stop, people don't want to resume back in church. Slot for in business. Number four, write this down. You become faithless and you become impatient. Faithless and impatient. When you are slothful, you become faithless. It doesn't mean you don't have faith, it means you don't walk by faith. You now walk by sight. And secondly, you become impatient. You are easily irritated, easily angry. You're not patient anymore. Everything's rush, rush, rush. Even if you are praying, your character is not ready, but you want God to make ready what your heart is not ready for. You're impatient with God. How many of you know that there are some things that will take time to happen? How many of you know that? It doesn't matter how you make noise, it will just take time to happen. For instance, it was not the day you were born you started running. Is that true? You had to grow. So there are certain things you will need to grow. You need to grow in character. You need to grow in wisdom. You need to grow in stature before they will play out. But, but when you are slothful, your spiritual sensitivity and priorities messed up. Any little delay you interpret it as something is wrong. Because you lack wisdom. You become faithless. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.12 that you be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. When you are slothful, you are faithless and you are impatient. Hallelujah. Number five which is the final one. When you are slothful, you start to experience what I call spiritual decay and collapse. Decay means the thing begins to spoil. And this one, I want you to go there. I want you to go there. I'm going to stop with this. Ecclesiastes 10, verse. 18. if you can put it on the screen, I'll be fine. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18. I want us to read that before we stop. The consequence of spiritual slumber is slothfulness. You start accommodating some spiritual atmosphere around your life that you shouldn't do. The things you, you started tolerating what you should resist, you start making peace with what is hindering your spiritual progress. I'd like us to rise up on our feet as we read it, everybody. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 18. Spiritual decay and collapse have you wondered sometimes, as a pastor you pray for some people you now look as if the prayer is not working one of the reasons is because of this their own spiritual structure is collapsing so even while you are praying with faith for them in their heart their faith system has collapsed so there's no agreement between your prayer and their prayer that's why they said pastor prayer not they walk no it they walk now you know they walk you hear what i said it's you that's not working spiritual decay and collapse are we ready for this everybody can we read it together i want to eyes on the screen everybody want to go eyes on the screen One, to go one more time Spiritual decay and collapse. You are not praying where you should pray. You are not acting according to... God will tell you do something you will not do. God will tell you so, you will not so. God will tell you do this, you will not do this. God will say do that, you will not do. And once you keep neglecting your spiritual responsibility, your system starts to decay. You will not find it difficult to agree with other people. When a prophetic word is given to the house... You find that it's difficult for you to connect because spiritually there's a decay taking place. I want us to pray. You're going to pray, Holy Spirit. You're going to pray in tongues for just two minutes, everybody. And I want you to pray and intercede against any form of slothfulness. The times we are living in, we cannot afford to be spiritually slothful. We can't. There are certain things. God may want to tell you about your family to pray about and avert before they happen. But if you are spiritually slothful, you won't know. Everything happening around you will be surprised, surprise, 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 surprise. Refuse that. Refuse that. There are some illegal delays in the life of many Christians. The reason is because of slothfulness. Things that we're not supposed to delay will not begin to delay because they're slothful. High one minute, low the next minute. It's time to be on fire in Jesus' name. Open your mouth, everybody, for the next two minutes. Begin to intercede and pray against every form of slothfulness. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Two minutes. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Close your eyes. If you're going to be distracted, if your eyes are open, but open your mouth for the next two minutes and begin to praying, Tom. Regodo Shabata Keredo Sigaba Rika Patona Kerede Usaka Baladina. I refuse to be a noise. Elemo Salega Denana. Yagamba Duskebreku Patelegede Igababa. Everybody pray, 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 pray. Ezuna Rabadanda. Yan gande de kumbra gade kapanta Zagrendos kalabiyana Lambrendos kelempotena Re koko mo shadada Yagadadanana egoma te kadina kabazube